The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 68, Kindness with Jeff Kubiak. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Kyle, my friend, how are you? Hey, living the dream, Ben. How about you? I am good. We are in self-quarantine still uh, <laughs> as we record this, which is funny because we were joking about this before. I mean, like we usually record this uh, when we're not together anyway. So I don't know, maybe that's not that. Yeah, funny. I was, I, I forget <laughs> who I was talking to one day. They, they were saying something about like, man, you and Ben must have a good time living near each other and recording together all the time. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're 60 plus episodes deep. We may have done 10 together with the rest of them because our schedules because are so schedules. crazy. But now it's like, we've got this time we're in quarantine and our schedules are a little bit better. We can actually <laughs> record more often. And, uh, well, it, it's, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. We'll t- let's talk about that. But first, you know, we should probably introduce ourselves. So I am Ben Dixon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bdixonnv and you, my friend. I'm Kyle Anderson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anderson EdTech. Uh, my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And then my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. Learn more about that at ToTheEdgeEDU.com. And then there's also an Instagram page for that, ToTheEdgeEDU. Yes. And this is the Beer EDU podcast, so that means we're going to also talk about some beer we're drinking. So Kyle, what would you bring today? I went with, um, I kind of mentioned this a little while back, um, It was it's part of a mix pack for uh, Sam Adams I got. I got the Sam 76 today, so what ah. this one is, um, it's classified in untapped as an American light lager. Okay. But uh, I did a little bit more digging on it because it doesn't taste like a typical American light lager. Right. So I, what I found out was that they did a combination. So it's almost like a coal style where they did the ale yeast and the lager yeast together. So you oh. get like that crispness and cleanness like a lager does, but then right. it's got kind of the fruity esters like, a, like an ale does. So okay. there's that. And then they used a combination of like five different hops. So it's not super hoppy. It's only 12 IBU, 4.7 right. ABV. Uh, but they have this combination of hops where it gives off a little bit of citrus to it as well. So it's slightly sweet, definitely crushable, lawnmower right. style beer. You know, not not my favorite style of beer, you know. Okay. But again, I, I will say, though, that as more craft brewers are starting to do lagers and mm-hmm. um, blonde ales, that right. a lot of them are doing a great job. And I mean, Sam Adams has, you know, been a gold yeah, standard of solid, beer for yeah. a very long time. So, I mean, you know, I don't think I've ever had anything from Sam Adams that was bad by any means, kind of like Sierra Nevada. Although yeah. I do, I do rate Sierra Nevada higher than, than <laughs> yeah. Sam Adams at this point. But, um, well, but no, I mean, it's just, I mean, just solid for just a simple beer yeah, style. It, and, and I think, I think you hit on something cause I have noticed that because we had that whole trend of, of craft brewers doing IPAs, IPAs, IPAs. And I see them now moving to more lagers, more, more blondes, more stuff like that. Well, and what it is, is that what they're realizing is that there's still a population out there that doesn't like the super hoppy beers that yep. are still going to trend towards the right. North American big beer companies, whatever. And it's just a way for them to try to get people in there and cater to everybody. It's not just about, you know, the hop heads that are out yeah. there. So, yeah. <laughs> Which speaking of, so 
(laughs) Shockingly, I went with an Imperial Double IPA (laughs) from Drake's Brewing, and it is called the Denogonizer. And it is that it is the opposite of what you're having. So it uh, is indeed. Usually, yeah, we usually do that. It's a 9.75 ABV, so it's on the it's on the high end. 90 IBU, uh, definitely a double imperial. It is um, out of uh, Drake's is out of San Leandro, California. Um, I, I mean, it's West Coast hops. It is a monster. It, it is a hop bomb. I will say that it is a double IPA that is not crushable. It is. <laughs> what uh, what flavors are coming out on the hops on that one? Oh, it's a lot of citrus. It's a lot of citrus. A lot of um, you know the uh, Centronella. I think that's the name of it. I was just looking at it on. Uh, I so did, definitely I, a traditional West Coast style. Oh yeah. Then. Oh yeah. And I had uh, I had picked up a um, a mix pack. Um, you know, because I I and I don't have I've had a couple of I've had this one from Drake's, but there's some other ones that I haven't had, so I wanted to try them. So I mean, it's it's definitely um, you know uh, the dank, sticky kind of uh, mm-hmm. of hoppiness. Um, you know, not overpowering, not not because I've had some doubles and triples that you're like, okay, there's a lot, a lot. But, yeah, um, you get into some of those where it's basically there's so many hops and so many yeah, different flavors it, going on, and then it's so dry as a result. It's yeah. almost like, but no. that's how they get you. That's how they get you to drink well, more. It's like, oh, my mouth is dry now. Let me take another sip. So, well, and this one I think because it's got a nice mix of the malts and everything in it, so it's a good balance. I mean, it's 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 a good one. It's it's a solid solid double IPA. So yeah, and yeah. For, for those that live in the Bay Area with that uh, brewery down there. I've been told by a couple different people that the next time I'm down like the South Bay to go hit yeah. that place up, it's supposed to be really awesome. I've heard it's super good. And, I, and like I said, I, I see their beers up here and I just, I, I uh, like I said, this is one I've had um, several times. Although it was interesting I when I went and I had checked in on it on Untapped, but um, there's a bunch of other ones like a lager and some other, some other IPAs that are in that pack that are, that are really good. But hey, we have a guest. So that we do. We need so to introduce um, him. it would, it would not be yes. an episode of the beer EDU podcast without a guest. I mean, I mean, we do every now and then just you yeah, and I, but occasionally, yeah, but no, Jeff Kubiak's joining yes, us today. Jeff. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you, my friends. How are we doing? We're all good. We're yeah, all good. Doing, How are you doing? Doing the best we can. <laughs> hey, that's, that's better than we usually can do. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rocking right now. So thanks for having me on fellas. Absolutely. So um, now we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we hit the record button that uh, when we ask you uh, what kind of beers you're into, whatever, but uh, sounds like uh, you have gotten away from the beer drinking a little bit and uh, you're just rocking a coffee right now instead. I am rocking a coffee and I'm a huge fan of the other type of beer, the root. There we go. Um, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the uh, craft root beers. I love Boylan's. Um, I like a good wine hards. Um, there's some really good, uh, root beers out there for those of uh, us that don't think the alcoholic type anymore. Goose Island makes an amazing one. Have you ever Um, had rogues? Oh, dude. Epic. Yeah. Actually my, my very ferret, uh, baby ferret. How was that? Um, very favorite was, uh, the one they make at, um, 10, 10 barrel in bend. Oh, oh, yes, okay. yes. I haven't had that one, but I, I have heard about that. And then uh, one of our first episodes where we had a guest, John Van Dusen, was sh- mm-hmm. he shared one from a place in Wisconsin called Sprecher. 
that yep, he really had that. Raved, they got a really unique that. bottle. It's okay. wonderful. And then Big Dogs in Las Vegas makes yes. a really good root beer as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like with uh, a pretty good finish with the vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um but I you know I like the uh pretty strong um you know that strong sarsaparilla kind of yep. licorice. Um but I you got to have a good vanilla finish. That and that's that's becoming a huge I mean I think it always was but now that is like a huge craft industry is the craft and we were talking a little bit you were talking about brewing your own root beer yeah i'm super interested in apparently when i was uh five and you take your dad's beer and you crush up a bunch of roots in it it's not the same thing (laughs) i learned that Uh, yeah i I want to dabble into the vanilla creams too oh yeah you mean all the mesquite and juniper and sage here in nevada that did not make for a good root beer it doesn't work (laughs) That does not work. So all you kids out there, don't try that at home. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, thank you again, yeah. Jeff, for joining us. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what um, what you have done in education, uh, those kinds of things. Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm an educator in Northern California. Uh, kind of went through the whole, yeah, I, I taught for a while. I was an academic dean, AP principal. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started dabbling in blogging. And, um, my, my prior life, I was, uh, I was blessed to be, um, kind of an elite national level swimmer. And then I coached for a long time and, wow. um, you know, coaching and teaching went really well together. Uh, you can get up at, you know, four thirty, go, go coach your sessions and then go straight to school and, um, had a lot of success with that coach, some amazing athletes. Um, one of my, my, my buddy's four-time Olympian, Jason Lezak, was one of my, uh, oh, wow. my swimmers. And um, and then I uh, started writing and um, came out with a book last year called One Drop of Kindness. And, my, uh, you know, I, it's funny because you see a lot of amazing education books. And I've always been a huge fan of picture books. And I think picture books are important in grades TK to college even. Um, I think it's imperative that we share different messages and illustrations and things for people to think a little bit differently. And I'm um, kind of big into messaging and, you know, I think kindness can be uh, included and embraced by everyone, not just children. Um, So that's kind of my my current go-to and I'm coming out with a new book uh, this summer um, with, with Sarah at EduMatch again, and it's called It's Me. Um, and what it's me is looking at is uh, helping to empower and support and give voice to those populations that typically don't have it. So it's got vignettes and then illustrations written by a lot of them are written by students. The illustrator is a 17 year old, wonderful female. She lives in uh, Canada. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Melanie Korach, but um, Melanie is an amazing uh, Twitter friend and she is the founder of what's called the starfish club. And so Melanie's daughter's illustrating the book and then it's got little vignettes of students. So, um, a young lady in the LGBTQ community, it's got, um, my own daughter who has Tourette's it's got second language learners, got special education kids. Um, uh, the, these kids and people that just aren't as empowered. And so bringing voice to that population, um, uh, trying to show that 
you know, we, we all do have a story and we all have something positive to share. So, yeah. I did not know about the second book. So I knew going into this that we were probably going to be talking a little bit about one drop of kindness. And I just noticed now too, the listeners can't see this, but the hat you're wearing, you've even got a hat that says one drop of kindness on it. So, but yeah, I didn't know about the second book. I'm, that's exciting to hear. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm super fired up. And, um, I, I've always been a fan of the underdog. I was the underdog. Um, and you know, too often in school, you guys know better than anyone, especially you, Kyle, that, you know, our kind of our bottom 30% are, our brown boys, um, our special education students, our second language learners, and those with some other disadvantages are, um, are the ones that are not given enough power or voice. So. Yeah, absolutely. And well, and another issue with that, I mean, we, we could talk about this one for hours too, is just the lack of those students not seeing themselves in the adults yeah. that are in their lives. So when they go to school, when you see that 95% of the teachers are not them, and especially for young black boys where, I mean, what is it? Only 1% of all teachers out there are black men. I mean, they're mm -hmm. just, I mean, that, that contributes a lot to a lot of those um, concerns that are out there as well. So, but yeah, it's, it's awesome to hear that this book is trying to shine a light on those underrepresented populations. Yeah, I'm excited. I, th I think it's going to be really cool. And um, I think it opens up uh, just more conversations in school, being able for kids to accept, but not only accept, to embrace and to invite into conversations and to communities. Instead of being afraid of the kid in the wheelchair because you're mm -hmm. going to catch it, um, or the student that does um, have a you know certain type of head wrap or mm -hmm. language that hey man this kid you know this kid writes great poetry or shoots hoops or makes paper airplanes too you know so um, why can't we all hang so yeah so cool that's yeah and I I mean I think I think that's a especially now it's going to be very relevant as we move into whatever this is going to look like, what we're doing now, what is this going to look like <laughs> in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't know. So yeah. that, that's, that's the amazing thing that um, we, we were adapting. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to go back with, and, and I know with your first book and then in this book, what made you, you made a conscious choice to go with a picture book as opposed to like a lot of education books um, are a typical chapter book and things like that. What, what kind of, what, what, took you down this route? So in, in One Drop of Kindness, um, it, it's a story, a little bit of me, mm -hmm. but it's, um, there's a character, his name is Gus and he's mm -hmm. broken. He's um, basically, he's a foster kid, mm -hmm. uh, home to home, school to school. And I, I wanted people to capture images and stories and thoughts about, there's a Gus everywhere and mm -hmm. Gus doesn't have to be a, a boy. So he's a metaphor that, he's got that story. He's not recognized. He's misunderstood. And why not bring it to life with some images? And Lily Mora, my illustrator, just killed it. I love the work that she did. And, you know, I think it's important for kids to be able to close their eyes and, and come up with their own images. But why not 
start something that could be really beautiful and that help them navigate um, the imagery and creativity with those pictures. And uh, right. I, I, I just, I'm a huge picture book fan. And, you know, when I taught, I used them all the time. I love right. them. Well, and I well, think it's, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ben. Well, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I was going to say that, uh, you know, your, your story, one drop of kindness about, you know, opening up and trying to start conversations about Gus, who Gus could be anybody. You've even taken it to a different level. You've made the book so much more accessible to everybody as well, because you released the standard picture book in English. Then it came out. I believe there's an audiobook version of it as well. And then you even got, um, now you have a Spanish language version mm -hmm. of the book. That's true. It's called Uno Gota de Bondad. I'm not super fluent. So, um, but yeah, I think it's important because look at California, you know, um, Spanish is, uh, is the language, right? And so why not make it more accessible? And, right. you know, up to this point, it's been, I think, nine months since my book's been out. And, you know, I've donated over 500 copies to those without or, trying to help people discover the message. And um, a big part of the mission of the book is, is to give back. And um, my, my goal was always just to break even. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've donated proceeds to uh, incarcerated teens in New York, um, working on their, um, their reading and writing and, you know, all sorts of different projects. My family and I went on a kindness tour last summer to, different national parks and, and areas throughout Nevada and Utah. And we just, um, you know, feel that it's really important for all of us to, to, you know, to, to embrace that. So. Well, and I think, yeah, like I said, it's super relevant. I mean, it's always been relevant. It's relevant now. And I think I'm looking, but I think one of the things that I, that you did also, not only with the having in multiple languages, is it's not just a picture book. There's other things that go with it. And I know like looking at your website, there's some other stuff on there that I think is super cool. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah. And I, you know, I have to give a lot of props to my wife, Piper, because she puts a lot of time into this. She, she and I had never done a website. So jeffkubiak.com is mm -hmm. organically built. Um, my wife just kind of did it. She's amazing. And so the cool thing is, is uh, there's a lot of resources that are and everything's free they're downloadable pdfs um but you know now we <clears throat> excuse me came up with uh so there's some covid kindness mm -hmm. and covid is the acronym and um so there's a little bit of um you know communicating and organizing and and, and connecting and different things and so there's you know links and websites and and all sorts of free messaging and resources for educators and families. And, you know, I, I think everything should be free for teachers, especially. <laughs> and I think part of my responsibility as an author is to help others without spending anything except their time. And um, I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like looking at some of the things, and and I think these are so awesome. There's like these these kindness activities that people can do, and I think right now, especially social distancing, where we're you know people are self quarantining, we're making sure we're flattening the curve. But I think it's still how are we going to make sure we're still connecting and connecting with not just you know our friends, but connecting with our community, you know, yeah, people in yeah. the neighborhood, right? And toward you know toward the back of the book, there's kindness um, cards. You can cut them out. You cool. Know, 
give them to someone else. And there's a lot of discussion and activity ideas, you know, just different ways to do things. And, you know, random acts are always there, but the, the neat mm -hmm. thing, unfortunately about what we're going through now is to see what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're seeing these, you know, top Hollywood and, and, you know, world people reading books and singing mm -hmm. songs and, you know, Jack Black's TikTok and then, um, just communities coming together via, you know, whatever it is, FaceTime and Zoom and, mm -hmm. and GHO. And it's just, that just makes my heart just jump. And I think that's amazing that maybe, you know, the world needed this a little bit to connect a little bit differently and to remember that, you know, we, we do need to stop and we do need to think a little bit and mm -hmm. uh, make sure we're still touching base. And, uh, you know, a big thing is, you know, I dedicated the book to my father. He died in August and, um, it's just, it's, it's a message and it's, it's a mission of mine. Um, you know, like I said, and so, you know, it's, it's accessible and if schools and teachers can't afford it, I, I find a way to make it happen for them. So you mentioned cool, right ads on. when you wrote the book, you thought, you know, break even that will be, that'll be great. Did, did you ever expect it to become what it has become? Because, you know, to be frank, I mean, one drop of kindness has absolutely exploded. Yeah. You you've been it's huge. You've been on national television programs and different things, if I'm not mistaken, to talk about the book. Did you ever expect anything like this to happen? Not at all. Not at all. You know, you always hope or dream. And it was funny, I had a conversation with someone the other day that the the typical picture book sells three hundred copies. And that's, you know, your first time or whatever. And, you know, so on Amazon, I'm creeping up to 5,000 and I've given away 500 and probably sold another, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 in different areas. And, you know, that's not the big thing, but it's, 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 it's getting it out and talking about it. And, you know, I've, I've had some really cool people, Van Jones, Colin Kaepernick, and, you know, different people uh, wow. made posts with it because it's gotten to different people, but it's just fun to see it in, in different people's hands. And, um, you know, you get these pictures and, and you'll be very soon, this will happen to you, Kyle's like, you know, just the effect and the impact that it has that's lit a little bulb or made, made someone's life better because of what you did. And that's, that's humbling, you know, it's pretty sick. Yeah. It's the first thing that came out after my book released and granted it, it it's somebody that I know, and but it, it wasn't just him just trying to patronize me or anything but he took screenshots and did little book snaps of a couple of the things in my book and talked about that this right here really hit me or i'm trying this now and i i looked at that and again even though i i know adam water is i i know it wasn't just to like patronize me or anything that it was it was real and that right there like that that hit the the one thing I was trying to do when I wrote my book was just to have an effect on one person. And if I did, then I met my goal. And on day one, that happened. And it, it was just the most amazing feeling. So I can only imagine what it's like having strangers talking to you and about how your book has affected them. And and then again, like just the celebrity, like Van Jones. I mean, that's that's massive. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, well, you know, isn't that what it's all about though? Like aren't I supposed to be helping Ben and Kyle who are supposed to be helping George and Bob and Catherine? Like, 
if we're not helping to celebrate and to give word about the awesome work that we're doing, then what are we doing? I'm not competing with you. I'm, I'm making you better. And, you know, there's this amazing educator. Her name is Jennifer Quattrucci. She's from Rhode mm-hmm. Island. And um, I think it's like mommy teacher fashionista is her Twitter handle. But, you know, she came up with 30 screen free activities to go along with my book. That, oh, she wow. just did that. And then she popped it out one day and, you know, she's written her own book, but it's like, that's what we're supposed to do. It's like, I don't want to go, Hey, Ben, Ben, write a review, please. It's like, Hey, right. if you dig the book, write about it. And if you didn't let me know what I could do better. I mean, we have, to, we have to celebrate and share each other's work because we want to, and we're in it for the same reason, right. not because I have to be better than Ben. Well, and I think you're, that's that, that idea of we're all interconnected. And I think, I think, I think educators, we tend to get that because especially those of us on Twitter and those things, we, we understand how we're connected. But I mean, right now, as a human species, we, it, beings, we are interconnected. And, and helping each other, especially now, I think it's become super relevant that people are now like, oh, we really are all connected. So I think that's a great point. Yeah, we are. And, you know, it's, you guys know uh, Mike Earnshaw, mm-hmm. um, you know, Edu Chef. He's got a book coming out too. But like, you know, I just, he asked me to read a chapter of Charlotte's Web the other day for his kids. And so like, every time you talk about interconnected, I keep thinking of Charlotte and her web and like, think Mm -hmm. about memory, (laughs) like, dude, all the people that saw the great things about Wilbur just because of her, her web, you know, and and what she did for him as just helping to spread the word just because she loved. And I I think that's phenomenal. That is. Yeah, totally. I like how we went from root beer to beer to Charlotte's web. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works. So what really inspired you to write the book in the first place? So, I mean, because very rarely does one wake up in the morning and say like, oh, I have this great idea. Now I'm going to write a book about it. So, so what kind of led to the whole thing? Um, my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Sherry, Mrs. Paula Sherry, may she rest in peace. Two years ago, she passed. But I, I was broken, dude. I hated school. School didn't get Jeff. Jeff didn't get school. And so it was, it was rough, man. I couldn't sit still. Um, I couldn't conform to the desks in rows. I was always getting in trouble, getting suspended. Um, Mm. I got picked on and I became the picker honor of the world. And, um, and I even had a fifth grade teacher take me out of the room, shut the door and slam my head against the wall, you know? Mm. And, um, I just, it it just sucked. And Mm. in sixth grade, Mrs. Sherry, she connected. She asked me questions. She talked to me. She became this amazing person in my life that loved education, but she loved every student. And her um, husband had a uh, store downtown Davis, um, Sherry's Pipe and Tobacco Shop. And, you know, the old school pipes, not not mm-hmm. the, the new school, but like, you know, she's, you know, invite kids. They would go by and talk to them. And, and she just, she changed my life. And so, you know, as I worked in a lot of different schools, I kind of found a Gus in me and I saw Gus is everywhere. And that, mm-hmm. you know, Mrs. Sherry kind of was truly, my wife was truly, and that kindness is the truly in our hearts that everyone actually has. Some people have to tap or mm-hmm. dig or mine or find it differently. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's personal to me and same with my new book. It's me. It's personal. And I I think it's important to us that we do share our stories. 
um, because my story might ignite something in Ben that's like, holy mackerel, dude, mm -hmm. that happened to me. And then like, he's got this amazing idea he wants to share too. So, yeah. So is Miss Sherry the reason that you went into education too? Because you said you hated school. So it, it, that's not necessarily the first career choice for somebody that hates school. <laughs> not at all. It's funny. Um, yeah, my mom taught high school for 35 years. And, um, you know, I, I made field trips there when I got suspended, unfortunately. So <laughs> I had to go hang out with her. But um, yeah, Mrs. Sherry and my mom and, um, you know, I, I started substituting and and it just, it worked well with swimming and coaching. Right. And it's like, but then I just, you know, I love coaching and all coaching is, is teaching in a different medium. Right. And right. so it just, it was a passion. And I was like, you know what, I can help the Jeffs and I can help the broken kids too. And, um, it just kind of, it, it felt right. Yeah. 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 That's a common story where coaching is kind of the gateway to education for right. a lot of people where they realize that I could be a coach and just teach on the side so I can do what I love, but then, then the roles reverse. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, that doesn't necessarily fit me because I, I knew for a long time I wanted to go into education and coaching was something I wanted to do as well. So when I, early in my career, that's what I did. I, I taught during the day, I coached at night, but then down the road, the coaching bug kind of faded away. And mm. it's funny. My mom just asked me the other day, if, I haven't coached now since 2013. It's been seven years now since mm -hmm. I've coached. And she asked me, she goes, well, do you ever consider going back into coaching? And I told her, I go, I don't miss it enough to answer that question right, right now. And it's not because I don't enjoy the sports that I used to coach. It's not because I don't, didn't enjoy being around the kids. I don't miss the long hours well, by any means. The, mm -hmm. the, the long, yeah. especially for two a day for football in the heat. I right. don't miss that at all, but right. I, I just have a different passion now. Helping, helping teachers to learn more about how they can write better lesson plans and integrate technology and, you know, just, just be better teachers. That's more of my passion now. So I'm just coaching in a different fashion yeah. now yeah. is what yeah. it is. And, well, you know, so it's just one of those things that, that that gateway though uh, you know i am circling back it's going to make sense here in a second so but again there's so many people that that's that's how it, it turns out ryan o'donnell's a great example of that and we ryan o'donnell just a great dude where you know he didn't even go to college for education i i believe if i remember right it was criminal justice or something yeah. like that he went and, to play football yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah. he played football at, right. at the university of nevada and all of a sudden now he's He's, he's, he did a little bit of coaching on the side at, I think, Wooster High School in Reno. Yep, and all of a sudden, he he's did. like, wait a second. I, I, can, I can do this? I, I can coach while working at a school? Let's do that. And then, But then same deal. Now he's no longer coaching because something else got him. But, and, you know, so lots of people, that's the way, just well, like you, where you got in, just, you got an education because of swimming. Yep. I, yeah, that's the only reason that I went into elementary education was I was actually working as a custodian at an elementary school and going to school to teach high school English so I could coach because I wanted to coach uh, baseball or um, cross country or something. And then the principal I worked with, who was a football coach at Wooster, uh, when he was a teacher, he was the principal. He goes, now let me explain how this works. <laughs> he goes, you teach elementary because kids super excited to see you and you can coach on the side. And I mean, he saw something where, where he saw, and, and, and I thanks, 
thank God for him that I would have not taken this path. So it is interesting, the whole coaching thing. Yeah, check it out. So Ben, you just brought up three things. So custodian, teaching, and coaching. Like those are three huge important pillars of a school. I mean, Mm. give me a break. That I mean, that's amazing that you've kind of, you know, evolved and, and done them. I mean, like who, who can live without a custodian school? No way. Right. Oh God. You got your teachers, you got yeah. your coaches who, ah, that's beautiful. Love that. No. And, 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 and if it wasn't for him, I mean, I'm sure I would have, I would have, I would have got a teaching job and, and taught high school and loved it. I mean, there's days where I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a few credits short of teaching uh, English high school English. And I always think I'm going to end my career teaching high school English, which I, I enjoy, but no, but I love what I do now. And I like, yeah. Thank God for him. Like, and I think that's the thing. Like we have to have mentors like you talked about or somebody that kind of directs you, you yeah. know, down that path. I was lucky. I had my wife. I had, you know, a principal that I worked with, you know, to help, help guide me. Right. I always, I've heard that story several times now, Ben, and it never gets old. I, no, I, <laughs> I'm being dead story. serious right now. I absolutely <laughs> love that story because there's so many people that they, they don't realize that they, they, they look at, you graduate high school, you go to college and you just, you, you study what it is you want to be. And then you do that for the rest of your life or whatever it is, or you bounce around job to job or whatever. And that's not the ideal situation, blah, blah, blah. But you, like I said, I, that story never gets old to, to think that wow. you started out as a, as the custodian, again, one of the pillars of the school, like right. you said, Jeff, and worked your way. And now, you're, you're the principal of your own school. So it's just, it's just a great story. Yeah. It's just a weird, you know, and I think, I think that's, and I tell people this all the time and I'm, I was very, my own two children, um, both graduated college. They kind of followed that traditional trajectory, but my wife and I, I mean, we both, we both were together when we were, you know, we got married when we were teenagers and we um, both worked jobs and you know, my wife was super, super, um, driven just I mean an amazing woman you know in her early 20s was managing a bank and like and you know I was I was like I'm gonna make it as a pro skateboarder and that didn't quite work out so I was working in a skateboard shop and then you know we just through through choices you make in life and I think that's important for people you're not I, I would hope one of the outcomes especially now is like people are taking some time I know it's super stressful but it is a time for self you know, introspection, learn about things, find what you're passionate about. I know maybe, maybe there'll be some different outcomes for people uh, because of this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. And then just kind of circling it back to your your whole, the theme of your book with kindness and everything, just realizing, taking that kindness and supporting people in those thoughts as well. So, you know, sometimes you, you have a kid or even a young adult say, this is what I want to do. And it's something it's far fetched, you know, it's not something that a lot of people can make it. So, mm-hmm. and the, the one that I'm thinking about right now, the pro athlete for sure right. is one, you know, a lot of kids have that dream about being the pro athlete or, you know, a famous rapper or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that everybody's going to be able to achieve just a small percentage. But at the same time though, I hear these stories about people where they've had these dreams of doing something and then a lot of times a teacher has completely destroyed them on that saying mm-hmm. like, you will never be able to do that. Stop being so unrealistic or, mm-hmm. or as I've even heard about people saying like, you know, because of the way you are, you're never going to amount to anything where a teacher has said that. And it just, it, it right. just blows my mind that anybody would ever say that, let alone a teacher. Yeah. Aren't somebody's. we dream makers, not dream crushers, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, have you guys heard of the book um, by Ashley Savage? It's called um, "I Want to Be a Lot." No. no. So it's a really no. cute, cute picture book. Um, but she talks about you know I want to be a lot. It's like this little girl goes on this journey doing everything. It's like mm-hmm. we don't have to be one thing, right? I right. Mean, like I I was a coach. I was a teacher. I sold pharmaceuticals. I worked in tech. Mm-hmm. I you know educator. It's like try lots of stuff fail right. at stuff but you know the teachers it, it, it's like we have that responsibility to like enjoy and support everyone's dreams even though we personally might think there's no freaking way they're gonna do it it's like <laughs> go for it man right right so yeah no i think that's beautiful is is to get people yeah try your different stuff and kyle and i we've we've had guests on and we talk about this i remember as as a classroom teacher saying you know and i know i said this to kids you're never going to make money playing video games well, apparently I am totally wrong because you could be a professional athlete and play video games. And that is a real thing. Yeah. Remember when the, um, what, I think it was the, when Pokemon Go came out, mm-hmm. right? Like it got like 1 billion subscribers in a certain amount of time. Like who thinks that like walking around fine little dudes <laughs> with, with your phone. Right. Um, yeah, boy, I bet those people are bummed right now. Talk about social distancing and personal space, right? They don't get to go around in droves no. anymore and find their little Pokemons. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. That is an interesting. That that's an interesting point. Is it is Pokemon Go still kind of a thing? I haven't heard much about. It. Is it? It Near is. my house, it is. Yeah, at a yeah. park before this whole thing happened, there's be like you know people all of a sudden descend with two or three phones. In, in big groups and yeah uh, yeah it's it's big i was somewhere we were my wife and i and i don't remember where we were it might have been here in reno or we were somewhere and it was like this we couldn't figure it out because we thought people were doing like a virtual scavenger hunt and then i think my daughter was like oh no i think it's like a pokemon go like it, everything has a resurgence and and those kind of things so hey so joe i want to go back to like talking about your coaching and and are you are you still involved in coaching now with athletes or anything like that um, I, I do some uh, private stuff for triathletes and some oh, cool. other swimmers and stuff, but um, no, I just don't have the time anymore. But I, you know, uh, it, it's a weird thing as a swimmer, you know, to say, you know, I, I miss the smell of chlorine. It's like <laughs> that honestly becomes part of, you ask any lifetime swimmer, it's like the, you just the smell of chlorine. And I actually just got back swimming. I had swum for about three or four weeks, then um, COVID killed my swimming. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, but I got, you know, I got a great group around here and we'll, we'll get back in swimming together, but it's, uh, um, I miss it. I miss coaching, man, but you know, it's the lifestyle too, gone every weekend. Right. Um, and when you have young kids, man, you know, you get one go around. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's the reason why I stopped coaching myself was because that's... my daughter was about a year and a half old during my last season. And, uh, I started to realize that pretty soon she was going to start doing her own thing. So, I said, I'm going to hang up the coaching hat right. for a couple of years and see what happened here again here. Now we're seven years later and, and she's eight and I got a four year old son that he's starting to get into his own things here at this point. So yeah, I, I miss it at times too, but I much rather would be with my family. Well, and I think, I think the way athletics is now, and I think about my own back when I was a kid and, and, and athletics and, and, I just high school coaching, even, and even with younger kids, it's getting to that point. I think high school coaching now, one, it's a lot. It is a lot of work. I mean, I think about guys 
even guys that are like, you know, the typical one I think of is the head, the head football coach. I mean, that's like a full time, but even then, like I, I've known teachers that have coached uh, volleyball, coached basketball or their assistant coaches. It's, it's a lot. It is. It's, it's, it, it's funny. I remember when I went back to get my master's. So I was, I was coaching, I was teaching. Mm-hmm. I went to school to get my master's and my admin credential. And I had a, like a two-year-old kid. And wow. I mean, that was almost the demise of, you know, the Kubiak family. It, it was too much. And, you know, it, it's funny, high school, you get like the $2,000 stipend to teach a sport. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're putting in a hundred trillion hours a day, man. It's right. God bless those guys. I've talked to, I've talked to people. They're like, uh, I had a, a teacher I worked with and who was coaching um, girls volleyball. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm losing money on this whole thing. You know, but she loved it. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm out money. Cause she would pay for her girls to go places totally. or there'd be a tournament. And you know, she'd, she'd supplement some of the girls couldn't afford stuff. So it's a well, lot. They always would pay that stipend on your regular paycheck. So mm-hmm. then uh, <laughs> the tax, yeah. The right. tax fall on that was enormous. I remember right. my stipend for football one year was supposed to be 3000. I think I saw about 1400 of it when it was all said and done, because again, it was yeah. on my regular paycheck. So then the taxes were just enormous. Yeah. You're actually paying like $3 an hour to coach instead yeah. of getting paid. That's what it is. <laughs> so. But I think it's a, I mean, I think it for, for kids, it's super, super valuable in terms of think what I think, I think those, those skills, I know for my own, my own son, was was invaluable i think for him if you went back and he's in his you know he's 26 years old um his high school football coach i mean that was that made a huge impact on him yeah yeah excellent yeah i mean i think we could probably have a whole episode of the three of us exchanging stories <laughs> of uh kids and then running into them down the road and just the right. things they've come back to us on uh, and, and whatnot so uh, some of them are hilarious you know, yeah i don't re- i don't remember saying stuff like that but it, it clearly had an impact on a kid and, <laughs> and, and whatever so there, there's a really good one from a while back that i'll tell you guys off the air because it's because it's you know some people wouldn't get it if you're not a football coach <laughs> so so jeff tell us so you the one drop of kindness it's out it's blowing up i mean so with your new book what's the timeline looking like for that like um i, I mid to late summer okay um yeah, I okay. think, uh, you know, with all that's happened and then um, Sarah at EduMatch, you know, she's, her, her her business has exploded too. And so yeah. she's just trying to make sure that uh, the quality is there, not the quantity. Right. So they've kind of slowed things down as well. So yeah, it should, should be out for the new school year if there is one. So um, <laughs> there will be. Do you, so second book, mm-hmm. was it easier? Different. Okay. Um, I'd say easier because of the process and the flow and because I thought about what I had blocked or done things in my first book. So the writing part of it, I just let go and didn't worry about it. So yeah, I'd say a little bit easier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Exciting though that, I mean, dire times right now with everything going on in the world, but you know, your first book is obviously a beacon of light and hope. And then uh, earlier we were talking about what we don't know what's going to come out of this whole deal, but I honestly do think that we're going to be in a better place. All of us. Oh yeah. And this is all said and done right now. People are unsure of where their next meal may be coming from, how they're going to pay the bills, different things. And they're talking 
when by the time this airs, I'm not sure what they're going to be talking about at this point, but they're talking about surpassing the highest unemployment rate, even the great depression by the time this is all said and done. So it is just, it it makes my stomach hurt thinking about it a little bit. And the three of us are fortunate where we're at right now, where we can still provide and earn our paychecks and and pay our bills. But there's a lot of people that's not, but when it's all said and done, I think we're honestly going to be in a much better place. And, you know, the, the kindness that you are seeing in the world now, that's the whole basis of your books. It, it's definitely shining through. You're still hearing about some of the awful things that are happening uh, because of this situation, but I, there's a lot more great things going on during this situation than there are the bad. Yeah. I hope that, I hope that continues. You're right with, you know, they, they say that it could be one out of every five people are unemployed and um, it's heartbreaking, but uh, you know, we're, we're resilient. The world's resilient and we just need to make sure we remember what we do best. And, that's hopefully to take care of each other. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm thinking about like, I'm and in looking at the book and I'm thinking about like um, a lot of teachers right now are doing, uh, they're using zoom, they're using uh, Google hangouts and stuff like that to connect with their kids. I think your book would be a great book for a read aloud for, especially during this time. So I encourage people out there, you know, check his book out. Um, I'm definitely like, I, I'm getting sidetracked cause I was on your, uh, I'm on your, <laughs> I'm on your webpage and I'm like, there's all these cool activities to do in this thing. <laughs> oh, thanks man. Yeah. So yeah, and, your you know, website, um, oh, go ahead. don't hesitate contacting me cause uh, I'll, I'll read for any class anytime. And I, I've oh, done that's that and beautiful. I it. it's, it's fun. It's fun. Awesome. I love, love seeing the kids. So. so we've mentioned your website, jeffkubiak.com. So what are some other ways that people could connect yeah. with you? Um, Instagram, I'm a Jeff Kubiak author. Uh, cool. Twitter, Jeff at Jeffrey Kubiak. Um, and then even Gus has a Facebook page. I think it's a uh, at Gus kindness kid on Facebook. You could look at one drop of kindness cool. or whatever, but that's got all sorts of cool shares and everything too. And uh, you know, on, on LinkedIn, but y- you can find me. I think I'm out there, but I uh, connect with me. Um, you know, kind of like what my, my, my idol John Crippa does is, you know, free, free lifetime PD. I uh, definitely follow his mantra. Let me know what I can do to help. And if I can't personally do it, I'll uh, contact the someone that can, you know, maybe it's Ben, maybe it's Kyle, maybe it's Georgia, who knows, but uh, <clears throat> together we can find a way. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't yeah. thank you enough oh, for joining man. us here today, yes. man. What are you I, kidding I, me? Thank you guys. Yeah, this is epic, man. <laughs> thank you. Well, and I think, I think just like I said, your, your book is so, it's a great book and it's timely. It, it, it's important. It's something we need to talk about all the time. I just think right now it is so relevant. It really is. Just thank you. We, yeah, need I, this. we do. We do. Yeah. Agreed. Well, listeners, please let's continue this conversation um, in any way that we can here. So uh, email us at beeredupodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us, use beeredu pod as a hashtag and that's also the handle on twitter hit us up on facebook at beer edu podcast that's all one word follow us on instagram at beer edu pod make sure you're following jeff and all his different uh socials out there you can also send us a voice message using the anchor app we'll put that into the show and leave us a review wherever you're listening so others can find the podcast and if you'd like to be a guest on the show visit our website beeredupodcast.com Click on the contact and subscription info link and complete our guest form and we will get you on. Yeah, do it guys. Cause these two guys are phenomenal. So <laughs> well, definitely thank you. awesome. Thank you. And 
look for, you know, check out Edgy Match. Look for, look for, you know, uh, Jeff's book. And then you can check it out on Amazon. And I'm excited for your future one. Thanks, brother. Appreciate oh, you guys, um, man. Yeah, definitely. So, Kyle, this is the part where we now are going to talk about some beer. Yeah. Talk so, about beer at the beginning. And now we're going to bookend and we're going to learn about beer. Yeah. So um, we did a few weeks ago, we did an episode on the Hefeweizen, the wheat yes. beer, uh, the German wheat beer that is, well, frankly, it's just a great style. So you're going to tell us a little bit about kind of an offshoot of the Hefeweizen and that is the Dunkelweizen. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that, Ben. So so I did a little, little research kind of during the show and I, I went to some other there's a couple different craftbeer.com. There's um, some other website. If you just put it in, it put in the, uh, the, the link, you can, you can find all this stuff on it. But um, so it is a similar to a Hefeweizen. So these are Southern German wheat beers and they're brewed as darker versions. So Dunkel means dark. So that's where that comes from. So it's a darker version, what they describe as a Hefeweizen. Um, delicious, they describe it complex malts, um, low balance bitterness so it's it's more of a creamy full-bodied um beer and they're usually medium amber to amber brown slightly murky because that's where you get that the wheat the wisen yeast um and they've got some clove um a lot of the sites i looked at they um they refer them with a lot of the banana and then one and then in this one they say bubble gum and i'm trying to think i've never noticed bubble gum i've noticed banana yeah, that was, and that was the same with the Hefeweizen where different people are saying that, that it has like a bubblegum flavor to it as well. And uh, again, I need to, I need to get a hold of a Hef now and see if I'm picking that I, up. I know. The banana and I, clove for sure. Yeah, that's what I, I, definitely on those, but I just don't remember. I, I feel like bubblegum would be something I would remember. So um, anyways, they, uh, yeah, bubblegum is one of those. Um so they're usually typically between an ABV of a 4.0 to a 7.7. You know, 7. So they're anywhere in that range. Low IBUs, 10 to 15. So it's not, not it's definitely not a hop bomb. Uh, there is a, um, there's a couple examples of them. Um, I didn't put a ton of stuff in our show notes as far as a, a, about the beer. You could, you can research them. They're definitely out there. There's a lot of information, but Sam Adams, does one um shiner does a dunkelweizen the one that i've had is the sierra nevada dunkle dunkelweiss is the one that i've had and then um i believe there's an anchor also does one yeah so this is one that's very popular in germany and then so if you can get a hold of some of the german styles those are usually mm -hmm. typically pretty good so i won't even begin to try to name some of those german brewers because they're just I don't speak German, so, but your, if you have a large bottle shop near you, like mm -hmm. one of the big box ones that's out there, they typically will have sections of beers by country. Right. So you find that Germany section and you should be able to find a few Dunkelweissens there. So, and then because of the banana flavor that comes out in a lot of these in the clove, but then that darker malt, sometimes I've had ones that they almost taste kind of like a banana bread. Right. Oh, so good. And I love yeah. me some banana bread. <sighs> and we haven't, and we haven't got super into uh, food pairings. We've done a little bit, but I mean, that that's one of the things when you look it up, they'll talk about food pairings with it. And it's one that they recommend have it with banana cream pie. So it's kind of like beer for dessert. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, so 
the other thing I know I found out, and we talked about glasses uh, in a previous episode, we talked about the different glasses. This is definitely one that you want poured in a vase. So it is because you're going to get those aromas and it needs to be that taller, that taller style of, uh, of glass. So your yeah, better breweries like will that half of ice and glass uh, that we talked about in that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very same. I mean, cause it's yeah. essentially the same beer. It's just brewed it with darker malt. So it's, right. yeah, it's a very same with the pour and everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoy too. It, I've gone to Hopper house in Las Vegas before, which I know it's not as good as the one, the original one in Munich, from what I understand, I've never been to that one, but they're they both have, really good. I can attest. Yeah. They're they both have good. the giant, the 33 ounce, yes. the, the liter Stein. And at that point it's like, you know what? I know it's not the proper glassware for it, but I am drinking beer out of a liter Stein at this point, And it's absolutely great. So yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, the, the Hopper house, their Dunkelweizen is very good. Their Hefeweizen is good. So, oh yeah. So for sure. that's, that's just straight up good German beer right there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, that's the Dunkelweiss. So if you have, so, if you can find it, you know, usually it's, it's not, not as com- not as common as your typical Hefeweizen, at least in my experience, but it's definitely a, a good, a good beer. Check it out. Perfect. So thank you, Ben. Sure. So well, that well, I think is starting to put yes. kind of a little bit of a bow here on episode 68. So next yep. one will be episode number 69. Then. Yes. Our next episode, we'll have a new guest. And, but first I got to say, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jeff. It was amazing to have you on. I'm, we've looked, I've looked forward to this one for a while, so I'm excited to have you. Well, I have too. And I, I'm, like I said, uh, it's an honor and a blessing and uh, keep doing what you guys are doing. Yeah. Cause uh, not only are you good dudes, but you're doing great work. So it's, it's fun and uh, keep it up, my friends. All right. Thank you. Thank man. you very much. Appreciate that. So, and listeners, we appreciate you as well. Yes. So until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on. Mm-hmm.